welcome to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. I am Becca Kephart, and I'm very excited to have joining me as co-hosts today, two of the women of the fort. That's Fort Wayne, Indiana. Courtney Fassold, how are you doing, Courtney? I'm doing great. And Megan Kemery, how are you, Megan? I'm good. Thanks for having us today. I am so glad that you are here. So we're going to start with our first segment, like we always do, What You Been Discin, where each one of us shares one disc golf-related thing that we are excited about. Courtney, what you got? My What You Been Discin is our upcoming Donuts and Doubles here in Fort Wayne. The women of the fort are running a $5 Bring Your Own Partner Doubles tournament or event on Labor Day morning. And we are providing donuts and coffee beforehand. And it's just like a super relaxed, chill event fundraiser that we're doing soon. And it's donuts and coffee. So I'm really excited. Yeah, I saw that on Facebook. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Megan, what you got? Um, I'm really excited. We played, Courtney and I played in the same tournament yesterday. um, In one of our local towns, Huntington, it's about a half hour-ish away from us. Um, and it's part of the summer series, but I'm just really excited about it because I was able to redeem ourselves myself <laughs> from um, the last tournament that we had because I fell pretty hard after the second round and had an abysmal third round. So I was able to uh, get some really good redemption. I finished third yesterday. Nice. And I only lost to the two local girls who typically play up a division, but yesterday there was only one ladies division. So... That was that was my thing. I had a really good par three on a par four. Or I had a really good three on a par four. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's a birdie. And <laughs> That's a birdie. It was, it was a good. It was a really good birdie. And I had a really close ace run for the final throw of the day, which those two holes alone were like, okay, I'm feeling back to myself again. That's awesome. Yeah. So moving forward positively is. Great. Yeah. And my extra what you've been desking is they, I won the women's CTP for the first time ever. I saw that. Super stoked. (laughs) And um, there was this whole table of like cloud breakers and shadow titans and these really cool like full foil buzzes from Worlds this year that a couple of guys brought back. And then there were like $50 grocery cards. So I took one of those and that's just like pre-adulting and disc golfing at the same time. I saw that on Facebook and it's a Kroger card, right? Yeah. So I was like doubly jealous because like that's awesome to get the CTP. And we had uh, our version of Kroger is Keen Supers in Colorado. And but here in Kansas City, we don't have Kroger it like it's in Lawrence but it's not here and it makes me really sad because it's like my favorite grocery chain so (laughs) yeah I'm really excited and we have like super marketplace up here so that the Kroger sell like clothes and all sorts of stuff yeah right that $50 will go (laughs) very far and I'm so stoked that's amazing (laughs) so for me I'm really excited um I got to get out and play on Friday shout out to our new friend Amanda who's uh kind of new here to the Kansas City area um and we went and played Rosedale and that was like a really good round it felt really good um and then as my extra what you've been disking uh yesterday Lupe Nova and I went out to shoot a very special episode of Lupe and Becca throw discs and it was really fun it's going to take some editing and probably a little while before it comes out um but a quick plug for that it's it's going to be 
entertaining. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. I so, saw your post about it and I was like, I cannot wait to see what this is all about because yeah. those are always so fun to watch. So when you said it was a little something extra, I was like, oh boy. Yeah. Same. I thought the exact same thing. I was like, oh, I can't wait for this. I have <laughs> to, I give shout outs in the video too, but I have to give the shout out to Sarah Nicholson because she totally gave us the idea for it. So that's a little plug and hint, Sarah of Throw Pink. And uh, yeah, it'll be good. <laughs> all right. So we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, Coach Nova's red hot tip top tip. Ladies First Disc Golf is the most comprehensive retailer for women's disc golf needs. With over 50 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook, listen to what their customers have to say. Veronica B says, I love the selection they have. Discs popular with women can be hard to find, but not here. I love the t-shirts and hoodies. I live in them. Nikki N says, I love every product I've gotten from LFDG. Customer service is fantastic and fast shipping. If you are looking for stylish and comfortable disc golf apparel and discs for women disc golfers of all skill levels, Ladies First Disc Golf has your needs covered. For Ladies of the Chains listeners, we're offering an exclusive 20% off discount on your next order of $19 or more. Visit ladiesfirstdiscgolf.com and use code LOTC20 at checkout. It's time for Coach Nova's Red Hot Tip Top Tips. Quick clips of gripping tips and surprising advising with no compromising. Coming to you bi-weekly on the Ladies of the Chain. Hey everybody, Coach Nova here. If you follow the pros at all, then you have no doubt noticed that even the most stubborn players are learning to throw the other way around. Die-hard backhanders are embracing the forehand and even the most famous formerly forehand-only flick-flingers are now ripping big backhands from time to time. To remain competitive at the top, it's what must be done. If you're throwing solely one or the other, you're holding yourself back. But that's not what today's tip is about. Looking at disc golf in terms of just forehands and backhands is two-dimensional thinking. Let's look at the bigger picture. There's a whole world of ways to throw a disc, and the more of them you know, the more options you'll have both on the tee box and when you're in a tricky situation. Is there a ridiculously long way to go with a super low canopy and a smooth surface? It's roller time. 50-foot maple tree in your face and the baskets on the other side? Lob a tomahawk over it. Need to drop a bomb on a green from above and make sure that the disc stays where it hits? Pull the pin on a grenade. Weird, twisty forest tunnel with lots of trees? Corkscrew your way through with a thumber. Standing in the middle of a bush that's six feet tall and 20 feet across, get out of there with a turbo. On the weird side of a mando, a forehand roller can put you back on the fairway. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting you master every throw before next week. That's just silly. But I am suggesting that you pick one throw that you don't know. Watch some tutorial videos and then give it a try. Maybe spend 15 minutes practicing until you are comfortable using it in an otherwise hopeless situation. Nobody goes from zero to hero in one day, but if you're in a pickle with no other options, having a mediocre but usable escape throw is better than having no options at all. And if you keep working on it, one day you'll be on a tee pad and confidently find yourself saying, you know what? A thumber would be perfect here. And then you'll throw a thumber, and it will in fact be perfect. And it will all be because one day you took a little time to investigate some new ways to throw. 
Throwing back and forehand is tip-top, but being a Swiss army knife of throws is red-hot tip-top. And we're back with this week's Women's Disc Golf Trivia National Tour Edition. So uh, this last weekend was the Delaware Disc Golf Challenge, which was the fifth stop on the national tour. And I have a feeling you guys are actually like probably going to get at least one of these right. So <laughs> well, I tried to make it not as hard as I usually do, but we'll see. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I always say that. And then that's why we also call this Becca Stumps or Friends because then everyone gets mad at me. Okay, so... Question number one. Who has the best C1X putting percentage on the national tour in FPO, according to UDISC? And you could just shout out your guesses. Uh, I'm going to go Paige Pierce. Oh, dang. I was going to go Paige Pierce. Um, dang, I was really going to say Paige. <laughs> I mean, you're allowed uh, to say I'll, go with, I'll just go with the other page. I'll just go with Beerkiss. Nice, nice. I like that strategy. So you're both wrong, and this is such a fun uh, story. So it's Alicia Schaefer out of Michigan. Uh, and, dang it! And, but we you're were just talking about her. Today. <laughs> nice. Like literally just talking. About I love her. it. Okay, so granted, oh, because it's her first tournament this weekend at the national tour. Right. So she's only played this one, right? But she led everyone in C1X putting at 82 percent, and like just tore the roof off with the putting in the ter- in this tournament in rounds one and two she had a little bit of a rough round three um but the pdga put out a video um recap where you can see a quick interview with her and some of her putting and they had some print media about her too um and the disc golf guy did shot by shot coverage for this tournament so definitely go check that out she even uh commentated i believe on round two i think um so yeah. all alicia and Lest you be like, well, that's just one tournament. You know, does that really count? She's also second in C1X putting uh, on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. And she played two Disc Golf Pro Tour events this year. Um, She's a real, real good putter. Uh, And shout out to Heather Young because she's number one for the Disc Golf Pro Tour because she just like completely slayed at Idlewild. So there you go. Does it count for extra bonus points if we know which uh, Pro Tour event she's played? Uh yes, hundred percent. She played Deglo and Ledgestone. She sure did, Alicia Schaefer. Yeah. That is, <laughs> you get yes, you get um forty seven bonus points that I just made up on the spot. Okay, woo, it's <laughs> a lot of bonus points. <laughs> um, all right, question number two, and this was one I bet you'll get. Who is leading FPO right now in national tour points? It's Pierce, Paige Pierce. You think it's Paige Pierce? I think it is, but I'm going to go Sarah Holcomb. You guys, it's Katrina Allen. It's Uh fine. (laughs) Oh, she did win today. She did. Yeah. And believe it or not, she's actually won three out of the five national tour events that we've had. And she's gotten second in the other two. So that's bananas. But here's kind of the weird thing about the national tour and why Delaware... It kind of got skipped by a lot of people last year, too, and I got skipped by a ton of people this year, is that for the national tour, it's only your top four out of five events that count. So it's kind of a weird thing because, like, obviously Katrina's played all five events and she's, like, t- just destroyed. And I try to remember if you get, like, a, yeah. I don't think you get a bonus for playing all five events either. So even though Kat is in 
first place very much in the national tour. Uh, there's one more event, the Hall of Fame Classic, and someone could theoretically overtake her. Um, but she obviously has just done very, very well on the national tour this year. So there you go. That's very true. All those national tour and then pro tour events right. and all that, it all gets it all mumbled gets jumbled. and jumbled in my mind. 100%. Yep. Yeah, like, I remember go with. my first season like back into the sport listening to the upshot and they were like talking about these tours and I just could not make sense of any of it. I'm like, what's, I feel like that's a tour right now, but right? I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, we have lots and lots lots and lots and lots of uh youtube video coverage now so it makes it a little easier to kind of keep track all right question number three what is the fpo payout for winning the tour points just shout out a number i have no idea it's more than 47 (laughs) (laughs) it's more than 47 so if i go like all prices right and just go 50 right? <laughs> do i win by not going over it's it's more than 50 dollars. yes how many dollars do they get for winning the national tour points i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with 2400 i'm gonna say like 2600 <laughs> That is adorable because it's 2500 So good job. Yeah, so you take both of yours and even them out, and you, you both win. The, yes. At the yes. end of the day, you both win. So that <laughs> thus concludes our Women's Disc Golf <laughs> Trivia National Tour Edition. Again, this weekend, uh, the Delaware Disc Golf Challenge. You can catch up on all of that video coverage. I haven't caught up yet uh, on the Disc Golf Guys YouTube channel. Um, and it was a good one. We'll get more into that in a little bit. All right. So now we come to our topic of the week. And Courtney and Megan have brought a really cool topic that I'm excited to talk about. So why don't you all kind of introduce that? And uh, before we get too much into it, talk a little bit about just how you came to disc golf and what's been going on in your all lives and the disc golf in uh, about the last year here. All right. So I started, I met my husband 10 years ago in Lawrence, Kansas, And he is obsessed with disc golf, has always been obsessed with disc golf. And I was the only one that had a car in college. (laughs) And so I drove him to the disc golf course and I would suffer through some rounds with him. But most of the time I would just like drop him off and then come get him later because it had no interest to me. Um, But about a year ago, I really dove in head first. I played some awesome courses in Louisville, Kentucky on a family vacation. I came back started watching Jomez, started watching Central Coast, loved the, um, all the different uh, social media content that there was. And I was like, hey, maybe I could do this. And so I got more involved with our co-ed club in town, the Fort Disc Golf Club. And I started helping volunteering at all of the tournaments that were run. I would stay at Tournament Central so everyone else could go play. I would sell the discs. I'd help with payouts. I would do all of the registration and all of that other stuff. And then I finally was like, wait a minute, I want to play too. This isn't fair. And so, and probably October is when I took the big jump to actually playing disc golf all the time. Yeah. Um, for me, 
my husband started playing about five years ago, and uh, I hated disc golf for the first two years that he played. Like, I hated it because he was already playing baseball. Like, he had played baseball all the way through high school and in college, Um, and he was fishing, like, bass fishing tournaments. So then he threw disc golf in. That is a thing. (laughs) And so then he threw disc golf in and I was like, okay, we like you, you, this is not working. Um, And so then he eventually just went to disc golf and he finally convinced me, he's like, just come out and walk. And he took me to one of our wooded courses locally because Mm. he's like, at the very least, you're going to love the walk. Mm. And so I went and walked with him and I'm like, okay, well, I can probably do this. So it was probably three and a half years ago. I started playing like recreationally. I would started going to summer league about three years ago, um, which is just like a handicap league that our local disc golf club puts on. Um, and last April I was like, okay, so April, 2018, the club said, okay, we're going to do a summer series. It's going to be six tournaments over six months, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, I'm really going to throw myself into this, see if this is something that I want to keep investing in or, like, if I'm going to be done. And the second I was like, you have to commit to these six summer series, it was kind of over. Like, I just fell so in love with the Mm. competitive side of things. Mm. And I haven't looked back since. Like, I completely just dove in and took off. So Mm. it's been awesome. It's been absolutely fantastic. That's so cool. So and yeah, then, go ahead. Yeah. In the last year, so starting in October, how I said I kind of dove head first. Well, there is a reason for that. I played an ace race in town and was on the same card as my husband and one of his friends and that friend's wife, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. We love you. Congratulations <laughs> on your baby. Um, we were talking and trying to decide, okay, this is awesome playing with guys, but we're also kind of sick and tired of it because they outdrive us on everything. They can putt further than us. And it was more discouraging than it was encouraging. Mm. And we didn't want that type of a vibe if we were just out there to go and play and have fun. And so Lauren and I were like, you know what? Let's go play together. And we played together a few times and decided after listening to Ladies of the Chains when they were like, if you want to start a women's league, grab another woman and start doing it. And so that's what we did. And that's our topic for the week is um, starting a women's league and how to have it be sustainable one year into the process. That's really great. So, yeah, talk about how kind of those early days when you were like, hey, we're just going to go do this thing, how you made that happen. The first thing that we did was that we made a social media page. We made a Facebook page and that has been key for everything. We started the page, we invited people that we knew played disc golf, and we invited people that we knew were interested in it, and we started posting. We're going to say, hey, all the ladies are going to go out at 5.30 for just a casual round. We're not going to keep score. Join us if you want. And then the Fort Disc Golf Club let us post on their social media as well and put our ladies' night um, times, dates, and all of the courses that we're playing on their big club calendar. And then the guys kind of realized, oh, these ladies are serious about this. 
And so they started inviting their um, sisters and nieces and wives and girlfriends out to come play with us as well. And the biggest thing was that we made business cards. Mm. Absolutely. Like the business cards, like social media is great, but not everybody uses social media or not everybody's aware that like there is social media for disc golf, um, especially newer players who just think that this is something that their husband or their boyfriend or significant other like go out for recreation. Like they don't realize it's really a thing. Um, so the business cards were great because they're small enough that they fit in our bags and you can easily pass them out and it directs people to our Facebook page, but it's just a really easy thing to do on the course. So like basically if I'm within three holes of another lady that I've never seen before, I am like yelling. <laughs> my husband gets so embarrassed, but that's part of my role is if we're like within three holes where somebody can hear me. I am like, I have something for you. <laughs> like running across the course. Like you really just have to put yourself out there mm. and not be scared to mm. do it. Like just deal with the social anxiety part later. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, that's the important part. It's just putting yourselves out there mm. and the guys see you playing on the course and see you posting on social media and they're like, Oh, Hey, my wife might be interested. Mm. So then you friend their wife and start talking to them about all of that too. Well, I think to be fair, like most people like being noticed, right? So like there's going to be the person I'm sure you've encountered here or there that's maybe not super stoked to see you. But for the majority, like I think people, especially women on the disc golf cars, they're just like, oh, there's someone else here that is also a woman type person. And they're actually like excited about this thing. Um, And I think most people are pretty receptive to it. Would you say that's been your experience? Absolutely. I would say most people are completely responsive to it. And they're like, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna come check you out. I'm gonna do this. And then there's the few who are like, Yeah, some girl gave me this like an hour ago. And I'm like, Oh, it's either Courtney or I and we're always like, Oh, the other one must be out here somewhere. Yeah. So that's been, that's been really, everyone's been really receptive to mm-hmm. it. Just being like, that's awesome. And before we had business cards, we're like, check us out. But here's our Facebook name and let us like spell it out for you. Cause it's kind of long and then you have to find all mm-hmm. the right pages and all that stuff. So having those business cards and just mm-hmm. being able to say, boom, here it is. They're really simple. They literally say, come check us out, follow us on Facebook. And I think that's it. And then they have our logo, which is the other like, super key to getting off the ground floor with a women's league is just advertising yourselves with really simple flyers at the courses or like the business cards. And we have an angel sent from heaven and Nancy Walters because she's a graphic designer. And so she designed, she's on our admin team and she designed the logos and does our flyers and stuff for us, which has been amazing and has really helped us draw more people in and get us some merch that we can sell. And it's just been it's been awesome. Well, I was going to actually bring up Nancy because we got to meet Nancy out at GBO and her story is like really cool as it relates to you guys because she had uh, played for quite some time, right? And then yeah. here y'all come and then it's like, oh, cool. You know, finally I have some other women in my area and she was actually, you know, an established player. So it's not even just attracting new players, but players that you might like not even know like did you know Nancy kind of before the whole disc golf like league thing happened or how did you meet her 
I did not. Nancy is actually Lauren's mother-in-law. Oh, right, right. Okay. So when Lauren and Courtney started playing together Mm -hmm. and like this idea was forming, it was very natural for Lauren to be like, hey, Nan. Yeah. You want to want to come play with us? You want to join our group? And she has been instrumental Mm -hmm. in just. Everything that we've everything. done, yeah. But she's kind of the voice of reason because <laughs> some, some she's time. a small business owner and semi-retired, and mm. then there's, like, myself and Lauren and Megan who are in our 20s to 30s, and we're like, let's go do all this stuff, and Nan's like, hold on, how can we, like, make it make it work for the club? So that's been, it's been awesome, and that is the thing, like, People, so the summer series Megan brought up, it was six tournaments and three women showed up to all the tournaments. Last summer. And so last year we, we had three women consistently. It was myself, Buffy Householder and Nikki Vaughn hmm. were the three women that would show up consistently to, that did show up consistently to right. all six tournaments. But none of, none of those ladies were ready to make the commitment to say, Hey, let's start a league and I'm ready to mm-hmm. kind of put that extra step forward. So that's one of the big parts is like, if you're wanting to start a league, just do it because there's other ladies that are out there playing that want it, but don't have the time to commit to doing all of the administrative stuff and the Mm -hmm. fundraising stuff. They just have time like day of to go to the league and everything else like that. Or like in my case, I had time to do that stuff, but I didn't know how, or I didn't know if anybody else would be interested. And I was kind of timid, Mm -hmm. like to put myself out there like that. Um, So then once you guys started happening, I just kind of Hmm. latched on and was like, let's go. Yep. So something we get asked about a lot and I feel like comes up when it comes to women's leagues is navigating two things, navigating those that maybe have a different skill level that maybe are more experienced with newer players, and then also navigating women that are really, really, to your point, kind of interested in the tournament scene, right, with those that maybe just want to play around. Have you dealt with that, and what? how have you navigated it? We really have. So we have people like Buffy who travel – all summer, basically every weekend, she's either at a bowling tournament or a disc golf tournament. And so most of the time it's a disc golf tournament on Saturday. Then she'll go to a different one on Sunday and she's very competitive and she's getting really, really good, really, really fast. And then we have individuals like, let's say one of the juniors that has started going faith and Izzy, who is eight years old and has started coming to our league as well, who are literally learning how to throw a disc. And so We have both ends of the spectrum. And I think the way we've best navigated that is through co-ed doubles. Mm. We do the co-ed doubles once a month. And it's like, that's how we got Faith and Izzy to even start playing as beginners. And now they're comfortable enough to come to a women's night without their uncle or their dad or whoever's bringing them. Mm. And we usually put myself, Megan or Lauren on one of their cards And we have both of them with us. Mm. We put ourselves and at least one of the girls on one card and then put, uh, say, some of the more competitive people in our league on a different card. And if they would like to keep score, that's totally fine. And they can play their round and we can play our round at the same park at the same time. We're seeing each other on every other hole. We're saying hi. Mm. And then at the end, we have a little chit chat about how everything went. How does everybody feel like they played? But that kind of accommodates for the pace of play as well. Mm. So if it's only myself, 
the 13 year old and another lady, and then four competitive women on a different card, we tend to end up finishing at the same time. Mm -hmm. But it hasn't been super easy to navigate because at first we were like, do we want to be a competitive league? Mm. Do we want to be a not competitive league? Like no keeping score, no CTPs, no nothing. And so how do we kind of handle that, Megan? Um, I want to say we've kind of found a really good balance on, uh, first of all, we, we kind of decided what we wanted our league to be like, this is our, our ultimate goal. So like for us, our ultimate goal is making sure that we are growing the sport, we're learning and we're doing it in a safe environment. Um, and sometimes that has a competitive element to it. Like we'll have a CTP for longest throw, or we'll have a CTP for a longest putt, but then we also do like the flip side. So we'll do like a CTP for the shortest of an FTP furthest from pin. I learned that term this weekend with one of my drives. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We do, we do a reverse CTP. Um, so that it's the shortest drive gets a prize mm. or we do diff- just different fun things to make it, to make it a little bit different. Um, so it's not, so the competitive people still have that element there. Um, but we also um, do it through what courses we play because in our area we have, six courses Mm -hmm. that are very different. So like we have one really beginner friendly course. Um, we have, which is show show park. Uh, then we have like a kind of, it's more beginner friendly in Mosier. It's a wooded course. It's still very technical, but there's shorter holes. So you feel like you can basically ace any hole, even as a lady. Um, and then we have like, the Sweeney's, which are kind of in between. Yeah. And then we have our two championship level courses in the Purdue Fort Wayne course that's getting finished later this summer and, and Tillman, which Tillman is Tillman has three different tee pads and three different pin placements and 15 of the 19 holes are in the woods and an old like city dump mm. it's, that we've cleaned out. It's amazing. But we kind of try to alternate what courses we're playing at. So one week we'll play at out at Tillman and we'll get kind of the more competitive ladies who have a little bit more of a competitive side or a little bit bigger, like better skill level. And then the very next week we'll be out at the beginner course at Shof where we get a completely different demographic. And a lot of it is based on who lives yeah. close to what part. Mm. And the competitive ladies still show up at Shof and everywhere else, but you have a choice. And if you don't want to go out and play Tillman because it's not, super beginner friendly. That's totally fine. And we usually only go to Tillman if there's a tournament at Tillman coming up. So with women of the fort, our courses rotate as to where we play our league. It's always Monday at five 30, but some weeks it'll be at Shof because there's a tournament there coming up or we'll go down to Tillman because that's where the next tournament is. And that's been really helpful for ladies and getting them interested in playing tournaments as well, which is mm-hmm. half the battle when you're growing the sport is getting the ladies to play the tournaments. Mm-hmm. But I also think that we're very fortunate that I would say all of our ladies that play, at least as of right now, want to grow the sport. Like, that's everybody's main goal. Mm-hmm. So even the more competitive ladies are coming out because they want to help mm-hmm. the juniors. They want to help the new people. And they're willing to be on a card with anybody yeah. to do that. Mm. So I think 
we've encountered some of it, but I don't think that we've had a huge, it's been a huge deal because sure. we have so many people who want, just want to grow the sport, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And yeah, to your point, I can remember, um, at really early on at one of the, the divas leagues that I went to out here, we played dots and there was a prize for fewest dots, which seems so weird to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I hit, you know, metal the fewest amount of times, but I still got a prize, which was pretty cool. And that prize was a lady's first keychain. And I didn't know, had zero clue what ladies first disc golf was at that point. So it was pretty cool. Um, kind of a, a double excitement there for me. So yeah, you talked about doing the, the CDP and the FTP. I'm totally using that now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. What are some of the kind of other fun things that you do? Okay, so we do our regular league, and then every third Monday is the co-ed doubles. And recently, we were able to do start doing some fundraisers. Mm. Uh, my husband... Shout out Colin Fackler. Yeah, he's amazing. And we were watching Central Coast one night, and we saw Eagle McMahon throw like an 86-mile-per-hour throw. And we were like, whoa, that's awesome. How did he do that? And how do you know how fast? So I literally messaged Ian Anderson and was like, Hey, what radar gun do you guys use? (laughs) And then I, and we were like, Oh, we can turn this into a whole thing because we already had a net to practice Mm. in our backyard, like a seven foot by seven foot baseball pitching net. Mm. And we can throw the discs go perfectly into that. And so we were like, well, if we got a radar gun, they could just throw into the net and we could see how fast they threw. And so we bought a radar gun as an investment in women of the fort. And I think if I am remembering correctly, we've made probably over $300 just in saying, hey, how fast do you think you can throw guys or women? And we have three different divisions. And then some guy will be like, I threw 65. And then his friend's like, oh, yeah, I can totally beat that. And then he throws like 56. But we still got the money. So... Um, that's been huge. And we did a basket toss and we're selling minis right now. We have a big fundraiser going on to sell minis so that we can our sponsor our big events. And our biggest one recently is we were able to get Sarah Hokum to come to Fort right. Wayne and do a three hour clinic with all of our it ladies. Fantastic. It was so good. I think at our highest peak of the clinic, I think we had 17 women there. Mm. And this club started last year with just Lauren and I. Yeah. So seeing all these women show up for that, it was just incredible. And so yeah. that's a big part of starting a league is doing fundraising and asking for donations and asking your big club. Like if you don't have any ways to do fundraising, ask the co-ed club in town, hey, can you spot us a certain amount of money? We'll go half and half. Mm and be able to get these touring pros in to get more women into the game. And most of the time the clubs are more than willing because it's helping them grow the sport as well. And they then with the fundraisers, we can do more CTPs and then we're able to do things like the family disc golf clinic Mm -hmm. that we did in April where we had local pros and AM one players come out and we had a kid's zone where they could throw into baskets or throw into the net. And then they got bubbles and lollipops and all that stuff. And that was paid for with fundraising money. And then we had another section for beginners up to the top M1 players and even open players going up to the other players and saying, hey, 
I have a public question about my backhand. I have a question about my sidearm. I have a question about my putting. How can you help? Because you can't really ask those during a round. Mm -hmm. If you're lucky enough to play around with one of those guys, you're playing around and you're not like, hey, can mm -hmm. I have a lesson as we play? <laughs> so this was a very set out time for anywhere from beginners to advanced players to come out and kind of get some tips. And so those are the big things that yeah. we've done recently mm. to kind of help with that in Fort Wayne. That's so brilliant. I love the Raygar Dar gun too. That's just so cool. Like now I'm picturing like a traveling like disc golf carnival. Like oh, yes, exactly. That's kind of what we felt like right? because we had a putting competition last yeah. year. And then this year we had a radar gun and a basket toss going at the same time. Yeah. And I was like, go see the lady in the white hat to get her your money and then come back over here and I'll get you your speeds. And it was, a, it's a whole thing. We have our, yeah. our whole spiel down and they're, um, one the fastest yeah. one we've ever clocked was Gavin Rathbun was staying at my house for the Three Rivers Open, mm -hmm. which is our big B tier in town. And he threw 81 miles an wow. hour. Wow, that's awesome. But, and then we had a woman this weekend throw a 50 mile an hour sidearm. Nice. Oh, I it was it. so cool. It's so highly recommend any club investing in a radar gun. It's fun for you at your house and it yeah. makes you lots of money at your club events. That's so cool. That's just so imaginative and inventive and it, it just makes me really happy. Uh, yeah. So what, any other thoughts about growing women's disc golf in your area, anything else uh, on this topic that you've learned and want to share? Um, one of the things that we've learned is first of all, just to be very consistent, hmm. um, and make sure that you establish, Hey, we are really going to be out here at this time doing this. Like this is a for real thing. We're not going anywhere. We're going to show up. And Even if we, if we do show up and you see us on the course as a man, you don't have to come up to us and say, Hey, where's your husband? Are you okay? <laughs> because I have, we both had that happen to us. <laughs> Are you lost? No, I'm here for league. Thank you. I, I know what I'm doing. And there, there were times when we first started where it would just be Courtney or I, or just mm -hmm. be Lauren and Courtney, or, you know, we'd only have two people show up, but we would still play that round and make sure that we were seen. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing is just to never be afraid to reach out for guidance and advice. Mm -hmm. Use the Slack channel, use social media, Talk to, I mean, we refer to the Fort Wayne Disc Golf Club as our big club because um, that's the co-ed club in town. Sure. Um, but reach out to the big club. Reach out to your local pros. Like, really ask for that advice and put yourself out there because if you don't, like, they don't know that you want it. Mm. Like, they can't read your mind. Yeah. yeah. And if you go to a tournament, like a ladies-only tournament or a tournament with ladies that you've never met, talk to them, reach out to them. I met, um, Stephanie Penrod at the ladies at the lake tournament and mm. she runs the Dayton ladies league. And she gave me so many ideas for what to do over the winter when it gets dark at five 30 and we can't play a full round and all of that stuff. And it just took me introducing myself and us both realizing that mm. we're helping run these leagues and that happens all the time. And so you just introduce yourself and see if they're in a women's league and what they like about it mm. and what they don't like about it. And you get lots of ideas from that. And that helps you grow. Yeah. And the other thing I think that we really have going for us, and we've kind of touched on it throughout the podcast, but I think that we're very fortunate to have such a diverse, like, admin team. There's mm. four of us on the admin team. There's Nancy, who is very business-minded, and 
she has the experience so she can kind of talk us down from maybe our lofty ideas that aren't maybe as great as we think they are. (laughs) Um, And then there's me who I'm, you know, in my early thirties and I have uh, almost teenage kids. So I'm kind of in a different season of my life where I'm worried about like not just getting disc golf time in, but I'm worried about like making it to football games and making sure that he gets what he needs. And then Lauren has two very, I mean, she just had a baby less than a month ago. Yeah. Less than a month ago. So she has, you know, two that are two or less and is in a very, you know, season that's very heavy with childcare and making sure that she's taking care of herself and taking care of her children and her husband and, you know, Courtney is living life and she's, <laughs> Courtney's the one, she's like our idea person. So Courtney has so many fantastic ideas that I don't think we would be able to get off the ground without no. her just. I'm just living that cat mom life and loving every <laughs> second of it. I'm not going to lie. It's the best. <laughs> but without her great ideas, like we wouldn't even really get off the ground. So it's just nice to have such a diverse group of ladies come together and we're very fortunate in that we can have hard discussions Mm. about the league, about the league or about what we want to see happen. And we can all bring our points of view to the table, but none of us really ever hold a grudge or get upset about somebody else's opinion. Like we very much are good at talking through things and coming to the best conclusion for WOTF, whether or not it's maybe our personal preference the best decision for the club, mm, yeah. like for our league. We've had to make hard decisions because when we started our league, we're like, we're a ladies league and we don't have any rules and you can do whatever you want and just show up when you want. And then we had some issues come up. And so one of the biggest takeaways for me for like, if you want to start a league 101, find another lady, play some league nights and set some ground rules, mm. set ground rules. So if somebody gets caught smoking and drinking in excess on the course when you have juniors on the course as mm. well. You really don't want that there. And if your league is like that, that's totally fine. But we're a very beginner-friendly league, and we just don't think that that's... It's not something that the kids need to be around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the same thing with cheating. If somebody ever gets caught cheating, and then they get caught with the co-ed club or our club, you know, it just we just have to have a process for things. Mm. Because although this is a great, like, social event, we are a league. We do have our... Uh, we are financially sustainable, and so... We have to have some ground rules in place. We're trying to be financially sustainable. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's all just such wonderful stuff. And and thank both of you. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Nan, just for uh, being total rock stars. Um, It's very inspirational. I think it's also something that a lot of people can emulate, you know, that no one like told you to do this or gave you permission. You just decided that this was what you wanted to do. And and now you're getting to see it, you know, bear fruit and do all these wonderful things. So really, really good stuff, y'all. Thank you. It has been amazing. Like we were just talking about it the other day. At Summer Series last year, we had three women, and then somebody in December set a lofty goal and said, I bet we can have 10 women at one tournament. And all of the guys laughed at her, and probably some of the women, too, were like, that's funny, but like maybe we could do it like far off dream. And we've had 10 women at more than one tournament this year. Yeah. That's so cool. It's incredible. And then the tournament directors are helping out too. They're doing women's only CTPs. They're doing 
um, Ring of Fires for Only Women. They are discounting the registration fee for women. They might be putting women higher up on the wait list. So if anyone drops out, a woman is the first person in the field. And so that's the benefit of helping out the co-ed club in town is that they, they help you right back. And it's just been incredible to see it grow over it's the last been, year. It's been a very advantageous uh, communication between the mm-hmm. two clubs, I feel yeah. like. Growing on both sides. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back with our women's tournament recap. So we had one all-women's tournament happen over the weekend, and that was the Feather Frenzy, which was the conclusion, uh, the last tournament of the Midwest Women's Tour. And y'all played some Midwest Women's Tour events, yeah? Yes, I did. I have not. Okay. And Courtney, did you play anything other than Ladies at the Lake, or was that the one that you played? No, I just played Ladies at the Lake, and then Nancy played the... um the one up in Michigan. Oh yeah, that's right. That's awesome. And you like kind of completely destroyed. So maybe next season you should uh, <laughs> maybe play some more. Play some more. <laughs> or maybe yes. go up to the Michigan. You never yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would love. I'm gonna try to make that um, something that I do next year is make it up to at least one of the uh, the Midwest Women Tour events because they're not that far away. So anyway. Exactly. Uh, so at the Feather Frenzy, uh, FPO was won by Jay Saw by Jennifer Sawyer. She played really well. It was awesome. FP40 was won by the amazing and talented Barrett White. FA1, shout out to Meg Fitro. She won and she's, man, she's having a great season and she just keeps getting better and better. And shout out to Meg. That's so cool. FA70, Nancy Wright takes down another one. So congrats to Nancy Wright. FA2 was won by Annie Oldenburg. FA3 by Marcely Lopez and FA4 to Abby Schneider. So shout out again to Aaron Oakley and every all the great TDs and everyone involved in the Midwest Women's Tour. Uh, it seems like it's always very successful, very well attended, and that is fantastic. All right, so we'll move into our FPO wrap-up from the A-tiers and the NT that happened uh, this weekend. So y'all... There was an A tier in Norway, and I really want to talk about it. And I'm gonna like butcher these names, and I'm very sorry. <laughs> this is gonna be so good. Oh my gosh. Okay. So how cool is this? In Norway, at this A tier, there was 12 in the FPO division. That's fantastic, right? That's amazing. And winning this A tier is someone that I am Facebook friends with and have communicated just a tiny bit with, and I still don't know how to say her name, and I feel terrible, and I heard it on a podcast, and I don't remember. But anyway, it's Laika Sandvik, which is not how you say her name, but she won, and that is fantastic. And if you're listening, Laika, or what your name actually is sounds like, please, please, please just record your name and send it to me so I can say it better. Um, anyway, super cool win for her. Uh, she How she kind of came on my radar last year, she came out for uh, Maple Hill, and she had like this amazing first round and like caught a lot of our attentions. And it was really cool. Okay. In second place, it was Anakin Steen. And in third place was Katarina Stalzen. Out here stateside, we had the Magic City Mega Bowl. And Courtney McCoy took the wire to wire win on that one. Sarah Nicholson came in second and Amy Meekum in third. And then y'all, the Vacation Land Open happened in Maine. Have either one of you been to Maine before? 
No, I haven't no, been. I haven't it's been. real far away. <laughs> but, it's real far, like real far. Uh, but it sounds amazing. We had um, Catherine McDevitt, uh, Kathy McDevitt, on the podcast earlier this year, and I know uh, Haley King and uh, Callie McWarren. I saw online we're, we're staying with them out at CR Farm, and yeah, super cool stuff going on up in Maine. Anyway, so Lisa Fakus had the wire to wire win, and she just like slayed this weekend. Uh, finished with a ten under, so shout out to her. That's awesome. And then Haley King shot the hot final round to take second place, and Ellen Widboom came in third. And then we had the national tour event that we talked about a little bit, uh, the Delaware Disc Golf Challenge. Have you all watched any of the coverage yet? I Oh, I've watched first and second round oh, awesome. on the Disc Golf Guy. Oh, and cool. I watched the last four holes. Oh, with the from, PDGA Live? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, with the PDGA Live. I watched the rest of that. I watched, yeah, so I watched the end of it. That's so here. great. Y'all are way ahead of me because I haven't watched Becca, any of this year's have you coverage. Seen, have you seen round two with uh, Michelle Frazier on the lead charge? I have not yet. I have a trivia question for you. Yes, then. let's do it because okay, she was totally on the podcast last year. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Where does she currently go to school? Uh, well, see, um, okay, it's in Pennsylvania. Because, I, like I said, I totally talked to her last year, and I should know. Um, does she go to Penn State? She does not. She is actually enrolled at Princeton for her PhD currently. Oh, that's right. I heard that, and I was like, what? This lady is amazing. Yeah. And she made lead card, and she's studying for PhD. Like, yes. Yeah. I can barely so get cool. my life together enough to make a lead card. Let alone, like, but I do, I do remember one thing, and I can throw Michelle Fraser trivia question right back at you. <laughs> oh, I am not ready for this. <laughs> do you know what her very first tournament was? I don't remember um, the year, though. What? <laughs> I don't remember the year. But anyway, go ahead. I have no clue, but I'm guessing since you... No, is it something in Kansas because you brought it up? <laughs> it is not. Dang. Her first tournament was a U.S. Women's, and oh, her cool. uh, her whole family plays. Her mom and her sister both play too, and they used to do just uh, uh, like family vacation things and and go to uh, disc golf events. So that also helps me segue a little bit because uh, last year I did this thing, which I think I'm going to do again this year where I'm not going to get to go to U.S. Women's again this year, um, but I talked to people each day in different divisions that were playing. So if you're interested in being the podcast and being kind of our on-the-ground reporters for that, reach out to me, because that was a lot of fun, and I definitely want to do that again. And I'm so sorry, Michelle, that I forgot that you're at Princeton. I feel terrible. Anyway. All right. Anyway. Anyway. So, yeah, but to your point, it's pretty cool, because there were – um, uh, you know, Michelle and Alicia and people that maybe we don't see as often on coverage on coverage yeah. this weekend, which was really, really cool. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching it. I definitely saw last year's and that was my first time watching, um, the Iron Hill course. And that thing is bananas. It's so crazy because it's wooded. Right. And technical, but also every hole is over 500 feet. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I can't. Uh, I can't even imagine something like that for 18 holes. And the women played, I think I saw the women played four of the same tee pads mm -hmm. and pin placements as the win the men. And then they had 14 of their own 
pin right. placements, but right. they all played from the same tee pad the entire time. Yeah, but they which are, is just incredible. Yeah, and there are like really fair fairways, and I think par is super appropriate too. And you see Absolutely. that in the scores, so it's it's a good course. Very 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 hard, but very good. So y'all watched the um the last four holes uh, on the PGA Live, and it was really exciting. Did you watch the round where Kristen was making a push? Yes. Yeah. So Kristen got within one, right? Correct. Yeah. So that was really exciting. Um, but ultimately, Katrina Allen took uh, the wire to wire win. And it seemed like she had just a great tournament. Overall, um, her her drives generally are just like so insane right now. Like, they're always fun to watch. Like that Heiser flip style is so cool. It's I'm, so cool. I'm really bad when I try to emulate it. So I just don't. <laughs> so you're just like, oh, no, I'll pass. And Katrina, like the first day, she was 100% from circle one. Right. And after what happened at Worlds, that's just yeah. incredible to like come back and be like, no, actually, I can putt. And this is how well I can putt. Totally. 100%. And I think she was kept 100% through the front nine mm. of the second round as well. Yeah. Yeah, so and no. then yeah, and it just cool. and she shot five under the first day, and Ricky and Eagle also shot five under on the first day. Right. So not only is par fair, but Katrina absolutely smashed it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And then yeah, Kristen Tar ultimately took second place. Really good showing from her. I'm really excited to watch her play. Um, she had some really solid golf this weekend. Yeah, she's she's a really strong putter, and uh, her form is kind of unique too. Um, it's a lot like Vanessa Van Dyken's, like their forms kind of off the tee remind me of each other. Um, kind of that just like slow kind of X step, but then like really um, powerful in the throw itself. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to watch that. And then Sarah Hokum took the Woo-hoo! hot final round. She was last year's champion and she got that hot final round um, to take third place. So. Yeah, she shot amazing. She was the only one to shoot under par today. Yeah. And she only had two bogeys. Awesome. That's that, incredible. That really, really is on that course because, like, anything can happen. Uh, craziness on MPO side. Like, Matt Bell came um, up from the chase I card. I saw that. Matt yeah. Bell, where did you come from? I know, right? It was really good. So, great tournament. Watch all of the coverage. I think uh, Joe Mez probably has the MPO. Um, I don't actually know that. Someone has the MPO. You're right. It's um, Jomez has Jomez has okay. MPO. Doesn't okay. Jomez have lead card and gatekeeper have chase card? Oh, I think for the weekend Ooh. that would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah. And then Terry Miller did uh, uh, FPO lead. Yeah. Awesome. So lots of good coverage of that tournament. All right, y'all. Well, thank you both again so much. We've reached the end of our podcast and our shout out segment. Megan, anyone you'd like to shout out? Um, I would love to give a shout out to the Fort Disc Golf Club because without the guys, like we would have not been able to get off the ground. They have been so supportive. And then I'd really want to give a shout out to my husband, Josh, and my 12-year-old at home, Lucas, for allowing me to put all of this time and energy into Women of the Fort and to grow the sport and just to kind of have my own outlet. It's been awesome. Yeah. Courtney, any shout outs for you? 
Um, my first shout out is going to Colin. He's amazing. My husband. And thank you for like sticking with me, hating disc golf for nine years <laughs> before I saw the light. I promise it's worth it. Now we both spend lots of money on discs instead of me getting mad at you for spending money on discs. Um, it's amazing. And then my second shout out is going to go to Caden Bell. Mm. Um, Caden is, an eight-year-old, I think he's eight now, out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And he has won Amworlds and USJ DGC for MJ8 this year, as well as like a billion other titles. And Caden and I have a special connection because I ordered my husband a disc with our two cats on them. I promise this is like normal things for me. (laughs) It's just how I roll. Um, And it was sort of a joke, but Colin got the disc. It was amazing. He got it Dimaxed for him. But apparently back at the Dynamic Discs warehouse, there was a misprint because they were trying to get the picture lined up. And poor Caden was going to a tournament in Emporia, the Junior Worlds. And he forgot all of his putters in Michigan, every single one of them. (laughs) And so he went to the dynamic disc warehouse and picked out a kitty putter. (laughs) And I had no idea any of this had happened. And he hit a couple of amazing shots with it. And then I was scrolling Facebook one day and it had his picture as world champion. And he was holding a disc with my cats on it. (laughs) And I was like, is this real life? Like I didn't even think it was real at first. And so I've followed along with Caden since then. And he's won more championships and he still uses his quote unquote kitty putter because it makes him happy. And so shout out to you, Caden. You're amazing. And I'm so proud of you. And then I think our last shout out is kind of a combined shout out for both of us. Cause we want to give a shout out to all All of our WOTF ladies. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. That's our little acronym for women of the fort. And a particular shout out to Nan and Lauren, yeah, the rest of our admin team who couldn't be here today because they're amazing. And we literally couldn't do anything without them. And we love them both so much. And they've done just as much as Megan and I to help grow the sport and like make women of the sport a successful entity in the last year. So it's a definite team effort. Wonderful stuff. Thank you so much for listening to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. As always, thank you to DZ Discs, where the disc you see is the disc you get. New customers can use the code GUITAR at checkout for a discount. Have an absolutely fantastic week. Play some disc golf. If you have any questions about how to start a league or any questions, thoughts, comments, concerns, anything, reach out to us at ladiesofthechains at gmail.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram. We'll catch you here next time on the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast.